podcast with Dan and Scott. Hottest golf podcast, whether you like it or not. Fresh from back in the day when that's a put at the park. 7 a.m. PM special where they played after dark. From the birds to the focus to the losses and the win. Welcome podcast, patron to the show, lead the pen. Get busy golfing or get busy dying. Hottest golf podcast and the swing ain't lying. Yeah. Leave the pen. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to episode 158 of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan. Got my co-host with me, Monscato. Scott, we just got done with Thanksgiving break. Uh, how was your Thanksgiving? You know, it was full of turkey and football and, as per usual for me, uh, absolutely zero golf. So, um, fortunately, I, I live my golf world life vicariously through you. And uh, you did not disappoint. Um, I try not to. Every time I go down to Pinehurst, I try to top the last time I was down. And I, 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 I kind of you, you fall victim to this this mindset. Like it can't be better than the last time, right? It can only be like as good. Mm-hmm. But amazingly, Pinehurst is one of these places that no matter what, it always seems to top the last experience. Which is mind blowing because last time we were at Pinehurst, Scott, a dude came up to me <laughs> on Thistle Do and said, "Hey, you're Dan from Leave the Pin. That's one of my favorite podcasts." Like you would think mm. that that's impossible to top, but we did it. Well, was this was the first time the boys went, right? So this is and actually, actually played golf. Yeah, uh, well, at real golf, not not the cradle. Um, actually lie has played number three before. Okay. Um, it's their third time down, but yes, first time where they were both old enough to play actual golf. Um, lie and drew both played three lie and I played four. And then the three of us all played number two on our last golfing day there. And you know what's crazy? We, you know, we were joined by uh, Connor, um, Turf and Timber Services, uh, on Instagram, and uh, just a buddy I met, you know, through the podcast who who happens to right. live down there and was kind of our de facto host um, last time we were down. And he played number two with us and around on the cradle, and this will do. And then big shout out to my boy Zane Lewis, who I met through Rich at Gas House Golf, who is a tour pro out in the area in in North Carolina. And he played number three with us. And Scott, I've got to tell you, watching this man hit these little five-yard repeatable baby draws, hole Mm -hmm. after hole after hole was just mind-blowing. Well, that's that's the difference between someone who does this for a living and people who do it for a hobby. Yeah. Um, it, it, yes. Yeah. First off, you couldn't have said it better. And and oh, here's, totally. here's the one thing that really stood out to me. So now Leiden is turning into a a very decent golfer. OK, mm-hmm. he, he does things that blow me away. Um, we played later on. I'll go over the itinerary later. Yep. But he yeah, yep. played later on with with my wife and she even looked at me and she's like, I, I don't even know. Like how? Like, how did he go from, you know, where he was? a year and a half ago to now and on a few holes. And this is, you know, this is no word of a lie on a few holes. This 15 year old child was keeping up with Zane off the tee. You know, Zane mm-hmm. was out driving by three, four yards or so. Uh, one time they were literally neck and neck. And, and, and this is not, you know, Zane is not a poofer of the golf ball. Like he is just mm-hmm. a like six, three masher. 
Right. But Lie said to me afterwards, he said, Dad, like, I was keeping up with him all day. And he beat me by, like, 12 strokes. I said, yeah. I said, like, that's the thing. Mm -hmm. It's not It's not this. When you play with a tour pro or a professional or a mini tour or whatever, it's not this glaring difference. Like, if I went and played basketball against Kevin Durant, I, that would be such a glaring difference, Scott. If you went out yeah. and, and, and you had to cover DK Metcalf, like, it would be such a glaring difference. It would blow your mind. Uh, yeah, I, I'd be on the ground watching him, you know, catch balls 30 yards down the field. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, like, the size differential and the body makeup would be so nuts. But with mm-hmm. golf, it's little things here and there. It's a putt on this green. It's a chip that gets to within three feet when you hit it to 15 feet. He mm-hmm. made – look, he made an opening. He did, He hadn't hit a ball. We mm-hmm. warmed up at the range. Okay, this is our first day playing there. This is Pinehurst number three. If you've never played it, it is the toughest 5,800-yard course in the mm. world. It is so short, and it's just diabolical because the greens mimic number two, but they're actually even smaller than number two. And the course is a yep. lot tighter. So Zane hits some putts, right? He doesn't hit a ball at all. We drive over to the first tee. He hit three wood off the tee because it's a shorter hole. You know, it's like, I don't know, 330 or something like that. Yeah, so for him, a driver's too much club. Yeah, and he even said, he said, you know what? If I was warmed up, I would go for this green. I would drop. He said, I'm going to hit it easy. So he doesn't swing hard. He kind of pulls it a little bit left into this junk, this sand, which is the cart path. But, you know, you can play it off down there, right? Mm -hmm. So he skins this wedge that flies the green and stops in the pine straw. Now, Scott, he has this downhill, a running away from him lie. The pin is cut to the front right mm-hmm. off the shelf. He hits this one. I mean, I, I'm telling you what, it was, the, it was the greatest shot I've seen in person, like playing with someone, not at a tour event. Well, obviously. Yeah. He hits from the pine straw this one-stop check shot that hits the ground, takes one bounce, and literally breaks, you know, like it was a, in an Audi or something like that. Half inch from the half inch from dropping in the hole. I mean, it was it was insane. We all looked at him like, dude, what the hell? And he's like, yeah, easy way to make par, right? I'm like, <laughs> I, you could have put me there all day long, and maybe I may have gotten it close. I may have been able to chip out, but there's no way I make the ball react like that. It was mine. right. Yeah, you you might be able to get it close enough to make a par putt, but not not like that. Oh my god! And then you know, it, it's just like. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to hit middle of greens on par threes, mm-hmm. and and he's going like, okay, well the wind's coming in, and and him and Ly are talking strategies. Like, all right, I got it 158, wind's blowing into us. It's playing 65. It's uphill. Let's hit a 170 shot. And I'm like, mm-hmm. 170 shot. Okay, 170 for me. I'm just trying to get near the green, mm-hmm. right? And he's discussing like, okay, I gotta miss it left, but my good, you know, my good shot is three feet to the right, but my miss is left. Mm-hmm. And and sure enough, you know, he hits it like a foot to the left. He's like, okay, good miss, good miss. Yep. And I'm sitting there with like my jaw on the ground going, dude, I'm just trying to get it near the green from like anything past 150. Yep. And I'm not an awful golfer. No, not at all. <laughs> it's just, it's just such a different world. Like, 
You know, you know what I equate to, Scott, is this. I feel like I have control of the ball with anything pitching wedge or less. Those guys. Uh, you probably, uh, I would probably get eight iron close. Uh, I, nah, maybe not so much no, anymore. I just, general vicinity, yes, but not like make the ball do what I want to do. Uh, Does that yeah, make sense? Okay. That makes sense. Yes. These these guys, or or like Zane in particular, anything that is not a wood <laughs> is like an attack club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, dude, like no. I just he said to me like one one time I had I had like 190 in. And he goes, uh, you you're playing like this far right, right? So it feeds back. I'm like, dude, I'm hitting four hybrid, hoping to get it in the air. Right. <laughs> like, like roll up on the green. Yeah. I want to get it like close to the green. So I maybe have a chance to chip on and yes, like, like yeah. And if, and if it happens to like roll onto the green, like, and I Great. have a 40, 50 foot putt, like that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was wild, but number three is awesome. Um, we come back the next day on Thanksgiving day. This was by far the most special day. <clears throat> Excuse me. We play the cradle in the morning and it is mobbed. It is absolutely mobbed. I've never seen it. I've never had a round uh, be that slow. It was almost an hour and a half. A lot of I'm going to assume there are a lot of I don't want to call it non-golfers, but non-golfers. So, uh, you know, the cradle is weird. Like Ali, you know, my wife walked with us. Didn't hit a shot, just walked. They encourage it. So mm-hmm. you'll see groups of 10 or 12 people moseying around and maybe mm-hmm. there's five golfers. Right. The people are following them with drinks and whatnot. It's real cool. It's laid back. So you're not yeah. expecting a fast round. Well, and so what I was thinking also, because it's Thanksgiving, it's Pinehurst, you're going to have, you know, family outings that are, like you said, maybe you'll get a group of 10 where there's five people playing golf and another five just kind of chilling. So that was, that was pretty much what I was thinking that it's, you know, people who are just kind of there. Hanging out. Um, maybe they hit a shot. Maybe they don't. Yeah. Look, you are exactly right. Um, the only problem was we got this group two in front of us, which was literally the two grandparents, the two parents, four kids. It had to be like an uncle, you know, or something else. There was about 11 of them. Mm-hmm. They were all playing out of two bags. Mm-hmm. Right? So... They're grabbing clubs and this one's like, oh, I need that club. And they're running back and forth over the greens and they're, you know, they're playing the ball down. They're putting it out. And look, it's Thanksgiving morning. I don't really care. Our tea time was so far ahead. You know, we our tea time there was like at 10 a.m. And we weren't teeing off on number four till 1240. So whatever. It's it's cool. The cradle is an experience. Um, You know, I, I love it. Uh. It's just, it's so much fun. I would love a day, and this is one thing I've never done there. And I, I tell myself all the time I'm going to do it, and I swear the next time I'm going to. I want to literally play all day long on the cradle one day. I want to play 18 in the morning. I want to go get mm-hmm. something to eat. I want to go back, play another 18. I want to get something to drink. I want to go play Thistle Do, you know, the putting course, and mm-hmm. I want to come back and play a, a, you know, a Twilight 18. Like, I want to, I really do. I want to play like 54, 72 holes. One day on a day that it's not that busy. That you know, Thanksgiving morning was not that day. It was it was right, super yeah. But we played with Connor, Drew, Lai, myself. Like I said, Allie Walk. It was you know, nice little group. Real cool, good weather. 
And then so Lai and I go play number four in the afternoon, put it up on Instagram, everyone follow along. We played mm-hmm. for best golfer in the family. Straight up match play. No strokes, no nothing whatsoever. He told me the night before, he said, I plan on beating you um, 10 and 8. I said, okay. No, so, so not only did he plan on beating you, he planned on beating you badly and he trash talked about it. Yeah. I mean, he tried hmm. to play me off like I was Stephen Ames. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. So that didn't work out. Um, I wouldn't has, think it would. No. Uh, look, he has played some some very good courses and and greens like that do not intimidate him. Uh, chipping on greens that are running uh, number four is running at a ten and a half. Okay, which is, look, if you play public golf, 10 and a half is lightning. Yeah. So it doesn't intimidate him, which I love, because honestly, you know, it it used to. Like up until about three, four years ago, those types of greens really intimidated me. And my putting stroke would be so shaky and I, I would lose it. And it wasn't until I realized, like, look, it, it's not even so much about the speed because you just have to get the ball going on the line when greens are that good. So once I realized that, you know, I started playing a little bit better. And honestly, the ball reacts a lot better on greens like that. It checks up a lot better. Um, You can really kind of control distances, I think, better on greens like that. Because they're true and you know what they're going to give you. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to get crazy hot. Yeah, I got you. It's it's that repetitiveness factor. It's not like, wow, that green was so fast and the ninth green was so slow. Yep. Yeah, exactly course like that around here that I drives me nuts every time. Yeah, well yeah, that's that's every public golf. Um but I digress. So after three holes, Scott, I'm up three. Okay. All right. Like I'm t- I'm talking kid to the woodshed. Like I'm thinking I am gonna beat this kid uh you know ten and eight. Right? So <clears throat> we get to uh the fourth hole, which is a shortish par three, very devilish. Drops off to the right, tons of bunkers. I think it was playing like 138. I had stopped to use the the restroom. He steps up as I get out. He's teeing it up, and he sticks it to about a foot and a half. Okay. Well, I know I don't have that shot, so I hit the green. I had about 25 feet. Uh, just missed the birdie putt. He taps in. He's up by. Uh, I'm up by two now. Now, the next hole, number five, is a super long par four. Uh, I believe it's the number one handicap hole on the course. It's either one or two. It's up there. And I, super big fairway, but crazy wild undulating green. You know, the hole, I think it's like 425 from where we played it from. Yeah. So you would, you would say that's a long par four, wouldn't you? Uh, I, I would consider that a very long par four, yes. Yeah, so... He's looking at the scorecard. I said, I said, what's our number here? He says 425. He says shortish par four. Okay. Shortish. Sure, dude. Par four. Okay. This is the the fifth hole. This is the fifth hole. So the fifth hole, uh, what which tees were you playing? Uh, we played the white, but whites were back that day, they told us. So somewhere between 460 and 481, which is what the blues play at, we'll call it. So say okay. 475. 480 475 from the blues it's 481 from the blues okay so yeah so we're playing whites which i i believe was 
I think I think it was four thirty five on the card that or on the uh the marker that day. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So it is. Four, it is. By the way, the number one handicap. I, okay. I, I, I thought it. Was, I mean, it's it's Scott. It, this hole is like. Look, you're gonna get out there one day with me, and you're yeah. and I'm gonna say, look, dude, this is the hole I'm talking about. You're gonna be like, dude, this is part five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah. I mean, it it the back tees are four eighty nine, which is oh, it's, it, yeah. is a is a a decent sized part five. And the back tees make it a dog leg right, which is crazy. Like it's a slight dog leg right, but the way the the fairway cantilevers from left to right and high to low, it it really kind of makes it straight. But anyway, so I hit a great drive. I pound my ball. I'm like, damn, this is the furthest I've ever been on this hole. And I've now, mind you, I've played this course th- three times now. Yep. Uh, he steps up, never having played this hole, and bombs it literally out of sight. I I like I can't see it land because the fairway kind of rumples a little bit. So we find my ball, hit a great shot, Scott. I, mm. I, had, I had a fantastic shot. I had 162 in. That's not shabby. No, not at all. That's not shabby. So I hit, I hit a nice, easy six hybrid. Bang, front of the green. Come up short. We're looking for his. We're looking for his. I'm like, dude, did it roll down like into the pines? I'm like, no. He's like, I, yeah, I swear I hit on a line. We're walking. And the fairway kind of, you go up, and then it kind of goes down a little bit. I'm like, I said, you got to be kidding me. Like, this can't be your mm-hmm. ball. And he plays Callaway triple track with a little dot. Mm-hmm. I, there's, there's no way. I mean, he's literally he's literally 80 yards ahead of me. And uh, we get there. And I said, show me that ball. And it's his ball. Okay. Like, this is just stupid now at this point. Right. So yeah. he, hit, he hits gap wedge in. <laughs> Scott, I hit six iron. <laughs> He had get like Scott. I hit uh, six iron. And he hit gap wedge. Yeah. I, for those of you who were following the the Instagram story, like I, I've known you know lie since he was you know born basically. First, first to, Scott. First. To, <laughs> to 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 watch the uh, to to watch that like I very much enjoyed uh, watching those Him watching that story. Up. And enjoying how you know how he's grown. So it's uh it's 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 a different game. Anyway, yeah. long story short, we go back and forth. He starts to get a little bit of confidence because he's striping the ball. I'm telling you, Scott, I could not have hit driver worse this round. The mm-hmm. the wedges, the putting was great, but I got to the point where I was taking a half swing trying to bunt it out like 180 yards because I just couldn't find the club face. It was just one of those days, you know? Mm-hmm. So we get, I'll, I'll wrap the round up real quick. We get to the last hole, 18. 18 is um, a 415-yard par four. Oh. There's a t- ton no, of... You, sh- you shorted it. Uh, well, I guess from the whites, it could be 415. Yeah, my fault. I, I, yeah. I'm pretty, or 417, I think, or something That's like that. 48 on the card, so... okay. Yeah, you I think it was playing 417. Okay. Bunkers all up the left side. Pines all up the left side. The safe play is to kind of blow it out to the right. If you can hit a big draw, you can hit a big draw. So I, I hit a great drive. I blow it out to the right. Again, I have like 160 in. Okay. Cool. He says, what do you think my line should be? I said, well, I think you should take it just inside left of the 150 marker. He goes, you think I can carry these bunkers? I'm like, no. No, you can't. They're like 270 carry. 
on the fly. He goes, I'm going over the bunkers. I'm already up. He was one up at this point. He said, I'm one up. He said, so even if I lose the hole, we tie. I said, okay. And and you're talking about the bunkers on the right-hand side, like like after the dogleg a little bit? No, not the ones before... The, the whole green, green. ones okay. that line the whole. I was gonna line. say that that's a shot. Like that's not. It's not. That's not even okay. a shot. Like that's okay. not even. That's yeah. not even playable because those are you're, so, deep and those bunkers are so high. Yeah, you're talking about the ones on the left. Yeah, the ones on okay. the right, like Robert Garrig is high. So, yeah. he says, "You think I can carry?" I said, "No." My mindset, being one up, is like I'd play safe. Like I'd make my opponent make a mistake, right? But mm-hmm. I, again, I don't. I can't do the things. He does. So he hits driver, and I'm like, did it clear? He's like, I don't know. I didn't see it land. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's a problem. Like, that's when you know, like, you can't win anymore, Scott, when you're playing against people that you can't see the ball land. Right. Yeah. So, again, I hit my shot. Now, again, I have to attack. This pin's cut all the way to the right in this little ledge. I just miss it right. I'm in this collection area. No big deal. Pin high. Mm-hmm. We get to his ball. He measures it. And he goes, oh, I got, you know, 117 in. I said 117 in. I'm doing the quick math in my head. He just hit a 297 on a straight line. Yeah. I said, okay. Yeah. yeah. Over then, over bunkers. Straight, yeah, straight over. Like, disastrous bunkers. Like, not like, mm. you know, not not bunkers that are, like, clean. Like, bunkers with, with wire grass in them, you know, and, like, yeah. curved edges and all this and and pines and it's just i don't i don't i don't see it i can't see the lines it's crazy so anyway i lose i lose one up and i couldn't have been happier like there's i i've never lost a match and been ecstatic well that that was what i was saying like i i very much enjoyed this trip like i, I golf vicariously through you but obviously seeing the boys play and and play so well like that for me you know is like a you know as their uncle, you know, that was a, it's a special thing for me to watch. Too. I was going to so say, you're, you're, I very much enjoyed this trip from my, from my living room. Yeah. You're a proud uncle at that point, rooting yep. them on to kick the old man's butt. Exactly. Exactly. So four and look, man, four is great because like two people say that you can't play two all the time. It just beats you up that much. Yeah. It's actually, like, it's like playing the black all the time. Like you, yeah. you, you kill you. And I'll tell you what, though, after getting done with it, I had a completely different perspective, you know, because I'm like I'm I'm one of those people where, you know, like I'm a type A personality. I love challenges. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love golf. Right? I love golf because even if I master it one day, I know I can go to another course and still be challenged and I can go to the same course the next yep. day and, and be humbled. So you're always kind of searching for something in golf. And I got done. The last putt dropped on number two. I made bogey on 18. And I was like, damn, I would love to go right back out and and grind out there again because, you know, now I've seen the course. That was the first time I've played it since since the redesign. Mm -hmm. So now I've seen it. Now I know what's to be expected. You know, I know where to hit it on certain spots. And we had caddies and stuff, too. You know, we'll get into those in in a bit. But um, but fours four is awesome. Four is fun. Four is, uh, in my opinion, one of the great match play courses in the U.S. Four is uh, aesthetically pleasing. 
It can be as brawny as you want. You know, it tips out at like 7,100 yards. You can play at Ford at like 5,400 and have an amazing day out there. And no hole is different. Every hole stands out. You can't say that about two. You know? Right. Two, two some of the holes are, are kind of bland. And even some of the tee shots are just like, man, some, so, you know, I, I got to really focus here because there's nothing out there to grab my attention. It's just like a hundred yard wide fairway bombs away. Right. Yeah. So highlights of number two, we had caddies boys. First time ever having caddies, uh, on the third hole, 324 yard par four. Uh, my prodigious length son drives the green. Mm. He says to the caddy, how far to the green? And the caddy said, well, playing, it's playing 324, you know, but you got to play a little bit of fade to get to the green, which he does normally. And he goes, it's probably like 305 to the front. And I was like, I'm a hit, I'm a hit driver. And the caddy had seen him on the first two holes. He's like, yeah, man, I, th- I think you can. <laughs> you know, bombs away. Go for it, dude. <laughs> um, so we all hit I, three woods in the fairway, safe. Drew hit driver, crushed it past us. And uh, Eli steps up and hits it. And everyone's like, I don't know. I think it's in the bunker up by the green. Well, we get to the green, and there it is, sitting on the green. That that's amazing. Like, just to say, even just to say you did that, like, I mean, but sweet. but not to say you did it on your local muni that you've played oh. a million times. Oh, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, like you you did it. I drove at, the green on number two. Yeah, like on Donald Ross's signature hole, like the hole that he lived on. You know, that that he sat out on the back porch and, and thought of ways to redesign that green hundreds of times. You know, and mm-hmm. what I love is the moments, like, never too big. And, this, like, the same thing for Drew. Like, he's a baseball kid. Likes to play mm-hmm. golf, but, you know, his heart's in baseball. And he got out there, and I said, hey, man, why don't you tee it off halfway in between where my drive lands? He's like, nope, I'm playing from the red tees. <laughs> All right. And I told him, I said, you know, hey. Three, four, five putts, you know, just pick it up, get it everyone's way. Didn't have to pick it up once. Right. You know? From you know from, from the red tee, shot a 99. I mean, that that's amazing. I know a lot, I do know a lot of people who um, raise their level of play dependent on the course. Yes. So, so that's the thing. Like, better courses make you play better. So, I agree with that completely. So, I mean, it's not like you're going to get much much better than where you were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe you just need to, you know, play top 100 courses all the time. I yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Uh first off and I and and we're going to have him on the pod, Alex Podliger, who is their media coordinator. Big shout out to him, you know, for all of his help helping set up this whole entire trip and every trip that we've been down to uh Pinehurst as leave the pin. Uh, just a fantastic guy. Uh, and, and honestly, kudos to him for being such an outstanding individual. You know, I know he listens and I don't think he understands how much he's helped the growth of this. Anytime we go down to Pinehurst, like the Instagram followers go through the roof, um, cause people are reposting and they're interacting and it just, you know, the algorithm picks it up even better when you're tagging Pinehurst and they're reposting yeah. things. Um, the podcast listens always jump. So, I mean, just, just an awesome, awesome dude. And the first three letters of his last name are pod. Like how coincidental is that? I mean, that's perfect. 
It's as if it was a match made in heaven. Yeah. So last note on Pinehurst, Scott. We got caddies on Pinehurst number two. Mm-hmm. Um, I am all for getting caddies when you can. I think they ah. can give you some not information, some background knowledge of the course. I think they make playing a course, especially like Pinehurst number two, that much more enjoyable. I love playing with a caddy. I don't care if they carry my clubs. I don't care if they hand me my putter. I don't, whatever. Um, what I love is having that person who has that knowledge and not even just like a little knowledge, like, like they know that course, they know the greens backwards and forwards. And it just, it makes the round so much more enjoyable where, you know, you're stepping up to a green and there's someone there saying, Hey, listen, where you are, like, you got to hit it pretty firm or it plays, you know, it breaks left more than it looks like, like, it just, it makes such a big difference and it's so much more enjoyable to have that person there. Um, and the last round I played, actually, we, we played with a four caddy um, at that the private course that my wife's boss got me on. And, you know, just having that guy there and just, you know, he's spotting balls. He's telling you, you know, where putts are going to, you know, how putts are going to break. You don't have to worry about raking traps, none of that stuff. It's all taken care of. So I, I definitely agree. If I if I have the opportunity to play with a caddy, um, it, it's worth the money. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Now I am going to say this, which might not be that popular, but you know, I think we're always open and fair on this podcast, and you know, a lot of people listen and. You know, I don't want to speak for people and say, hey, they live vicariously through us playing golf. But, you know, a a few people do. Um, And they want to know what it's like inside the ropes. They want to know what it's like with tour pros. They want to know what it's like when you go to a course like this and Mm -hmm. and pay for a caddy. And I'll tell you what, we got two of them. And and the caddy that the boys had, Nick, was fantastic. I mean, he was great with them. He treated them Mm -hmm. like they were little men. You know, and as soon as they showed that that they could play, I mean, mm-hmm. he was he was all in. I'm not going to mention the. Go ahead. And he probably, if they couldn't, he probably would have still been all in, because I'm sure they they probably knew they were kids. Yes, I had yes, made that. I'm I had sh- made that known yeah. when so, when I reserved them. And I'm sure that at Pinehurst, that they get their fair share. So uh, I'm sure they paired them up with a guy who. Is good with kids. I would like to believe that. So. Um, I'm not going to mention the guy's name that Connor and myself had on our bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to say I was less than impressed would be an understatement. He okay. was stopping for a cigarette break every hole and a half. His information was decent. Okay, decent. But I'm going to tell you this. The first two putts... That I completely so so here's an example. First hole, I hit the green in regulation. I've got about eight feet. I mean, I stuck it, Scott. I got about eight feet mm-hmm. for birdie on number one. And he's telling me the ball is gonna move right. And I feel it. And he said, but the grain's gonna pull it back. Okay, the grain's gonna pull it back to center. He said, so you don't have to aim outside the cup. And I'm looking and I'm going, like, God, there's there's no way the grain can move. This much. And I get it. 
Like it's it's mm. not bent. It's Bermuda, and I'm not used to that. I understand. So I'm telling him, hey, check out my alignment. What do you think? Goes love it, dude. Right there. Goes birdie all the way. It's got to hit this putt pure. Like mm. not user error. You know what I mean? Not Indian. Definitely the arrow. So the ball misses. And I just kind of looked, and I'm like, man, like I I I know it breaks right. Like I know it's a ball out to the left, right? Mm-hmm. And they all go start walking off to number, you know, to the second hole. I bring it back. I hit it online where I want. Sure enough, it moves right there. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know what? First hole, whatever. Like at first, I was like, maybe I didn't hit it well, type deal. But but that's bad because now I'm starting to second guess myself. Right. Right. Yeah, I hear you. Right. So second hole, I've got a par putt of about, I don't know, four and a half feet downhill though. So I can't be aggressive. And he, he tells me, he's like, you got to hit this one a little bit. And I'm going, man, this is downhill. Like these greens, like the starter told us these greens are playing at a 12 today, Scott on turtleback right. greens. They're playing a 12. Yeah. 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 You hit it a foot past. It could go 30, could go- 30 feet away. <laughs> Oh my God. And believe me, I had, I had one that, you know, I missed the, I missed the mark that he told me by about a foot on an approach shot. And I had 70 yards back into the hole. Yeah. I mean, stupid stuff. So sure enough, second hole, I miss it. And again, cause I hit a little bit hard and he's like, Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. He's like, Oh, just missed. And I'm like, this is not stopping. Now I've got 30 feet back up the hill. Right. Yeah. So, after that, on putts, I stopped listening to him. He would say what he had to say. I'd let him move on to Connor or do whatever he had to do. I stopped listening. I made some putts, Scott. Okay. Later well, on in the round, he tells me that, well, first off, Nick, the other caddy, was up ahead. And he looked at my shot. He said, hey, man, you got to play this out to the left. This ball is going to move once it gets up to the flat. He goes, it's going to move about 20 feet to the right. He goes, you can't aim anywhere near that flag. Okay, cool. So I'm about to hit. My guy comes up. He, met, he lasers it. I already had the number. And he tells me, hey, man, we're in the attack zone right here. We've got to go after that flag. you got a wedge in your hand. Okay. Now, the dude literally a minute ago told me I can't get anywhere near that flag. Right. So, you know, it's a weird dynamic when you have someone caddying for you, right? Because Mm, you you and I never grew up with people um, servicing us. No, no. Right? So it's it's a very weird thing when you have some – when you're a grown man, when you're an adult, and you have another grown man, you know, handing you things and and catering to you. Like that's just – to me, it's a bit odd, um, and I'm always like, "Thank you, sir. Appreciate. Thank you." Well, you know. that and that's what I was saying. Like, I don't care about any of that stuff. Uh, you know, I like the course knowledge aspect of it. Right. Well, listen, I didn't get one iota of course mm-hmm. knowledge. I didn't get any attempt at even small talk. Like, I tried making small talk mm-hmm. for like four or five holes until I realized like this guy's not even going to speak unless it's about you know, what's happening. And, th- and like, okay, that's cool. Like, that's his MO, right? That's the way he operates. Right. And so I'm not going to let this guy ruin my round on number two. No. Um, but we get back to this hole, and he tells me to attack it. And this is, the, um, this is the fifth hole. 
So it's a shortish par five, uh, crazy drop off to the left. And he goes, you can attack this pin. Okay, now mind you, Scott, the guy said, you know, don't don't miss left, right? So Mm -hmm. I attack this pin, and I go right at it. I mean, my ball mark was about a foot from the flag. And it didn't stop, and it rolled, and it rolled all the way down to the tee box on number four. I had 65 yards back into the hole that I just had like 65 yards in on my third shot. Yeah, no, that's not, yeah. Right, so after that I was done. So anyway, Connor and I were talking about tips. Now, now here's, here's the deal. Every person, Pinehurst charged $75 for a caddy. Okay? Right. So, you know, I got, I got a little bit fleeced. Um, yeah, I paid, uh, what, 235 for the boys and myself. You know, obviously Connor paid for himself. Yeah. yeah. And then the expectation is, is anywhere between, I think, I, I think the, the expectation is $80 per person for a caddy. So you do the math. Um, you know, Connor and I talked and I said, Hey man, you know, like the resort is, is taking care of us. Like, you know, I don't think this guy is worth, um, what we did. I, I don't mind saying we, you know, we gave him one twenty each. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I told him, I said, I, I don't, I don't really think this guy is worth that one twenty. I said, but you know, us kind of going above and beyond shows good faith for everything that, that the resort has, has done for us. And same thing for the boys. That's, you know, same thing that I gave for the boys caddy as well. Um, which that guy, you know, Nick deserved it. Like that's the bottom line. Nick, Nick deserved it. Um, right. so, but people ask all the time, like, man, well, how much, like, how much does a round cost there? Well, okay. Well, round at Pinehurst number two is 500 bucks, but you want a caddy that's five seventy five, right? You want right. to throw a hundred on top of that, one twenty five on top of it. Like that's that's seven hundred bucks for a round. Right, exactly. Like, and I'm I'm gonna tell you something. Pinehurst number two is amazing, Scott. Like it's great. Like it is like it is tops, right? It is fantastic. Like any accolade that you can throw at a course, it is. It is historic. It is pristine. It is difficult. It is not a seven hundred dollar round. Like nothing is a seven hundred dollar round. No, I, 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 you know, had a, a $500, we'll call it $600 round after tip. Um, and was it, I, you know, again, if anything, round of golf could have been worth $600. It was Shadow Creek, but nah, you're not getting golf value for that. No, you're getting experience value. You're getting like bag tag value. You say, oh, you ever play? Oh, yeah, man, I played Ponish number two. Yep. Oh, you get a caddy? Yeah, I've had a caddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's you're getting that, good. but like you, like, you know, okay, we, we do a giveaway, right? And, and we win and we get $700 to spend on golf. Like, I'm going to play 10 $70 rounds or I'm going to play $70, $10 rounds, <laughs> right? <laughs> Over. Over that, I <laughs> you could <laughs> you could probably buy Indian Mountain for like eight hundred bucks. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, listen, there's this course there in Pinehurst called Knollwood. It's this very short course. I met the owner, uh, Allie, myself, and the boys all played uh, mm. like Saturday or something like that. Uh, we met the owner, uh, the guy who built the course, and Midland Country Club. 
So for the four of us, Scott, Allie and I were 15 bucks each. The boys mm-hmm. are free. Ly and I had went back the next day, 15 bucks for both of us. Some short par threes, some long par threes, some short par fours, some long par fours. A nice mix. You know what I, you know I told, you know I told Ly? I said it's like Caniac Park growing mm-hmm. up for all of our Long Island listeners. Like a little bit bigger version of Caniac. Right. That's cool. All right, 15 bucks. I had just as much fun with my family paying 30 bucks than I did paying, you know, God knows what on number two, right? Hmm. I'm just checking out there. There were this scorecard, you could probably bring it to Kaniac and use it and be okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, and. Looks like they do some club fitting too, which is kind of cool. Yeah, no, they have, oh, dude, their range is insane. It's great. They have a great putting green. They're actually the only bent grass uh, greens in the whole area. Mm. So, like for us, we were like, oh, we're home. Nice. Right? That's Everything cool. else is Bermuda and, you know, and difficult for Northerners to play in when they haven't done it a bunch. Uh, but look, but getting back to yeah. like, but, but back to, yeah, I got you. Like, you know, a lot, a lot of that stuff, like I even told the boys in the pro shop, like, look, guys like try to digest this i know you're young but try to understand that almost every single person here is on like a once in a lifetime trip right right like don't take that for granted just because you have access you know because of what we do talking to a stupid microphone you know i think i think they did they were like wow like you know when you when you see people from japan or you hear people from from the uk speaking there or you hear guys talking like man i've been wanting to play this course you know, my entire life or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And here I'm like, yeah, that was my eighth time down, you know? Well, and that's so, and that's how we, we as I've mentioned before, we're Disney people. And that's how, you know, we, we tell our daughter to treat Disney World. Like, you have to understand something. Like, there are kids that don't get to come here ever. And there are kids who, you know, maybe make one trip in, you know, their entire life. Right. And their families but, have saved for yeah. years to do what you do every, every year. Yep. And that's, and that's the thing. It's like, well, don't like we do that. Like we're coming back next summer. So like if we miss something or you don't get to do something you want, like it is not the end of the world. Like, right. There's a good chance we'll be back in less than a year, but we'll definitely be back in a year. So just chill it out. And you know, she gets it. So uh, I'm sure good- the, I'm sure the boys get it too with the golf. Yeah, it's 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 a good lesson. And, yep. you know, there were there were many times this trip that I walked around and would just stop and kind of. In, you know, intrinsically say to myself, like, I don't know how you're such a lucky bastard. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I don't I don't know what you did to get this. Like, but just enjoy the hell out of it. And so I, I hope that kind of shows through on the Instagram stuff and. And in, in the pod and, you know, again, mm-hmm. the only knock I had was was the caddy. And, and again, that's a personality conflict. That's all. Right. You know, it's not that the guy was a bad caddy or they have bad caddies. It's just that guy and myself didn't mesh. That's he all. Was a, he was a bad caddy for you. Correct. That's correct. Yeah. You know, and, and here's here's some Scott. I really think resorts like this. Uh, like Whistling Straits, like Pebble, you know, the big time resorts that abandoned that people go to. I really think they should do some type 
of personality trait quiz beforehand. Like, what do you mm-hmm. what do you want in a caddy? Oh, you know what? Here are the three things. Like, I want someone to give me course knowledge. I want someone that's affable. Um, you know, and I want someone to joke around with. Another guy might be like, look, I'm trying to shoot my best score ever. I want a player. I want a dude who who is dialed in on distances, and I don't want to talk to you. You know what I mean? I want you to give my clubs, tell me what my number is, and then move on. So you, you essentially are asking them to set up like a Tinder-like system. Yes. Where, yeah. you, can, where yeah. you can swipe right and left on caddies and, and eventually pick someone who uh, – who fits your uh, fits fits the bill for what you're looking for? Yeah, I mean it doesn't even have to be like that, but just think. I mean, like no, I know. Okay. I'm just I'm over dramatizing it, but yeah. <laughs> but if you're spending like an additional two hundred bucks, uh, even more maybe two hundred to two fifty on on paying for the caddy and tips, like if I spend two hundred and fifty dollars on something, I want that money to be to be worth something. Like I want that experience to be worth me working and earning $250 and, and transferring over it to you. Right. Yeah, exactly. I you know? totally, totally agree with you. Like you go I to mean, McDonald's and you want two cheeseburgers and they give you, you know, a chicken sandwich. Like, no, take this back. I asked for two cheeseburgers, right? Yep. You, you pay for what you want. So you should get what you want. Yep. Absolutely. absolutely. All right. So enough about Pinehurst. That was a very long time, but hopefully People got something out of it. It's amazing. I mean, look, it's it's amazing. The whole place is is amazing. I can go into where we stayed and all that stuff, but we'll save that for another episode. Yeah. People want people can DM, which they have. We got a, a you know a, a ton of DMs during the trip, and actually some people that were down there as well, and we gave them some recommendations. Um, I I feel confident enough now, being down mm-hmm. there so much that I could give solid recommendations on on most things in the area. Um, right. So, you know, right. So you want. Go to Instagram, follow us at Leave the Pin, and also Scott. People can help us grow as we've been growing by our little Spotify uh, wraparound they gave us. Mm-hmm. You know, go to iTunes, go to Spotify, leave a comment, tell your friends, put it in your story, get get other people interested. I uh, I put that up on Instagram, Scott. Pod, uh, what is it? Twenty twenty one podcaster wrapped is what mm-hmm. Spotify is calling it. And we got this year, uh, our third year basically in existence, right? 2019, 2020, 2021, third mm. year in existence. The first time people have listened to us or people have subscribed to us from Thailand. Mm. We've never had never had the Thai before, Scott. Well, you know what? Uh, I, I tell people like, we get listeners from like all over the world. And they're like, really? Like, how do you do that? Like, uh, I don't at one know. point, I think we were like, we were big in France for a while. Um, yeah. And like, oh, you, you, you guys like do a podcast in French? Like, no. <laughs> like, uh, they, you know, people speak England, English in France. Um, and they like golf and they like to listen to our podcast. So I just go with it. Yeah, well, I tell you what, here are just uh, here's our top performing countries. Obviously, the U.S., followed by Canada, the U.K., Australia, uh, Mexico, Germany, South Korea, Ireland, the Netherlands, New Zealand, France, Russia, Puerto Rico, Singapore, Sweden, Thailand. Scott, Thailand, there must be, Thailand jumped to the list because there are three cities in Thailand mm. that are listening. Uh, okay. Uh, a lot of a lot of Thai golfers too. 
yeah, or or prefectures or whatever they are out there. But uh, yeah, I mean, here here's some crazy, and there's a ton. I'm not gonna list them all, but there really are a lot. Which again, blows my mind when you see these. Um, what else? Luxembourg, hmm. uh, Vietnam, Madagascar, Sri Lanka. Costa Rica, Gibraltar, Slovakia. Some of that's just mind blowing. Unbelievable. Thanks, thanks and, for listening, all everyone. For sure. Uh, and here, here's here's our gender breakdown for 2021. Eighty six percent male, twelve mm-hmm. percent female, and two percent are not specifying. That's uh, probably pretty uh, consistent with like the golfing public. Although, yep, I would think so. Yeah. Our biggest age ranges are 28 to 34 year olds and then 35 to 44 year olds. So we're kind of right in our yeah, you know, age, skewing, age as well. Skewing a little bit younger than we are, but I feel like we're we're we skew a little bit younger than we are. I think yeah, yeah. Um, 11, 11% of our listeners, uh, our subscribers, listeners I guess. I don't know which one it is. Are 18 to 22, 19% are 23 to 27 years old, 31% are 28 to 34 years old, and then our age group, uh, 27% are 35 to 44 year old. We have 2% of people over 60 year old listening, Scott. Cool. How great is that? Uh, they're probably all my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it'd be my dad, but he doesn't know how to use technology, so it definitely is not. Hmm. Um, yeah, so pretty cool for 2021. Big, big things in, in, in 2022 coming up. Scott, I know you didn't get to watch the Tiger Woods interview live. Did I did not catch any parts of it. I re- rewatched most. Oh, when I say rewatched, I watched most of it yesterday. The man is, uh, is a master manipulator in, in interviews. He I, may have, have been well trained with how to deal with the media i'm just speculating he might he might have spent some time with publicists like over the last like 20 so years let me ask you this question Mm. everything that was okay this next to him coming out and having his i'm sorry interview party this is by far probably or should have been probably his most contentious um media session Yet, like, oh. dude, you you literally could have murdered other people, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you crashed 10 seconds before, 10 seconds after, a minute after, like, you could have murdered a family. You know, you could have murdered grandparents on their way to see their grandkids because you were whatever behind the wheel, intoxicated under the influence, whatever, Right. There, there was not one question that probed any deeper than asking him, hey, was, was amputation an option? You know, like, like right. nobody said, and Eamon Lynch called Golf Channel, not Golf Channel, on Golf Channel, called out all the reporters on this, which I thought was, was brilliant and just turned me into an instant fan of this man. I liked his work before, but I, I, I'm sold. Eamon Lynch was basically saying, and I'm paraphrasing, like, how could these reporters lob these softball questions at him when this is the first time you've seen him in nine months 
after an almost fatal accident where he almost lost his leg. The greatest golfer of all time, arguably, in my mind, your mind, he is. Mm. How can you lob these softball questions when, when something so cataclysmic just happened? He's like, it's just, it's unprofessional journalism. He's like, and everyone's bowing down to Tiger Woods again. In all honesty, I, I think a lot of them are probably starstruck. You know, I agree. It, it's Tiger. Um, and then he he tends to have a history of cutting people off. So, you know, is it to the point where they're, again, so afraid of the damage it would do to their career to ask him one of those tough questions that they're just not going to. Right. But here, here's the thing. Oh, no, I, 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 I agree with the journalistic integrity argument also, but like the, this look, this is how these guys get paid, right? Like if you yeah. and I were there, dude, I wouldn't care about asking a question. I don't support myself on this podcast. No, no, this you is, know? this is fun for us. Right. And, and I just feel like a, Maybe a lot of those people were handpicked to be there. B, I guarantee somebody said something in the beginning like, look, Tiger will not answer any questions. And you will not ask any questions pertaining mm -hmm. to the accident or anything that might be in the police report. Because if you do, you will be escorted out of here or something along those lines. Yeah. Yes. The, the topics to be covered will be rehabilitation, you know, the golf tournament at hand. And that's it. Like, like I, I want to see Tiger Woods back as much as anybody. But I'm a realist. And when people that have a, a fleeting interest in golf ask me, because they know that you know we have a deep-rooted interest in it, mm -hmm. when they ask me, do you think he'll ever play again? Yeah, I think he'll play again. Think he'll ever win again? No. Uh, no. No. No, done. Okay. Uh, I, I will say, though, that the one swing that he put up, and obviously it's only one swing, it didn't look terrible. No, it looked fine. Mm. And, and, and Scott, I, as a golf fan, and as maybe one of Tiger's biggest fans, I want to see him come back. But I also, at this age that I'm at, and having a family, um, you know, and, and, and having loved ones and, and, and friends that I truly care about, to see a man be so reckless, reckless, excuse me, and, and so kind of aloof, of of what he did and and almost I, I dare dare I say almost not take ownership of it uh, you know kind of kind of sullens me a bit on him on him as a person right as him mm -hmm. in a, as a golfer forget it it's, it's unparalleled but the man it, is a flawed human here here's the thing and and he is a flawed human and uh, I'm gonna quote. Uh, the great Denny Green, uh, well, paraphrase, he is who we thought he was. That's right. At every step of the, since the, the revelations about what was going on in his private life, since that moment, he has done everything to prove that that is who he is. And that, we let him off the hook. And we, and we do. Because and we let him just he, keep on getting away with these things because he, he is Tiger Woods. Because and we we love as human beings, 
we love seeing people rise to that next level. And nobody does that like Tiger Woods. Right. Except, 100% for, maybe, except for maybe Michael Jordan. But nobody in hey. golf does it like Tiger Woods. No. No. I mean, as far as golf goes, he's uh, unmatched. Um, but he's got a long way to go, you know, in, in his personal life. And and part of me, you know, gets it with those journalists because people say, well, dude, like, look, they're there to cover the golf. I get that. But when you are such a public figure and mm-hmm. you are somebody that, let's say, the tour relied on for so long, like, people deserve – if you're – look, if you're going to make a living off of fans – Right. And, and and off of endorsements, then you owe a little bit to those people that have allowed you to ascend to that position. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I just I just, you know, I don't know why he keeps getting free passes, because I'm going to tell you what, Scott, the PGA Tour doesn't need him anymore. Right. No, he's, no. he's he's not. The driving factor of the PGA Tour, like when they when they signed that new deal uh, with NBC Universal Group, which was like I, I don't even know what the number was, something astronomical. Um, when they signed that, that was under the jurisdiction and knowledge that Tiger was not going to be part of this tour. Like, understand, you are not going to get the product that we put out on courses from '99 to you know 2018. You're no. getting a tour. You're paying for a tour to televise the rights of a tour that is not going to include Tiger Woods. And they still got the biggest television contract in golf history. Right. Nobody moves the needle like Tiger Woods, but the needle's just fine without him. Right, because because the thing is, he doesn't move the golf needle anymore. Right? He's moving the TMZ golf voyeuristic needle. Uh, yeah, well, he is, look, I, I, I'm listen, gonna, I'm gonna I, 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 I will, if, if he was, if he played the masters in April, the ratings would be higher. Sure. I, I agree hundred percent. He will not be physically ready. He's not going to. No. Although, although there's, he has like 35 to one odds and he has like better odds than like guys that are like legit. Vegas like, is, I, so. like I yeah I bet you the Vegas odds on him are are you know better than Patrick Reed which but I'm I'm going to give you a hot take which has I believe some basis in reality and and maybe I have to explain afterwards and I will but Tiger Woods is irrelevant irrelevant now to professional golf completely completely until until he steps on a course and proves that he is relevant. Right. Like, like it, he is as relevant to the pro game as you and I are. Uh, absolutely. Because he's not a pro golfer right now. Nope. He, he is a, you know, E Hollywood story right he, now. That's what he is. He's at, well, here, he's as relevant to the game as Jack Nicholas. E- exactly. He's like, and neither one of them are teeing it up tomorrow. Yeah, he's the OJ Simpson. Mm. You've you've forgotten now about what he has done because he's so far removed. And granted, Tiger's a lot less removed than OJ is, 
And you right. only know him as, you know, the murderer. You know, mm -hmm. Tiger Woods now, there are a lot of people. like, And here's the thing, too. Within the Instagram world, within the social media world, the podcast world, or these younger journalists, like, they weren't around. They might know their history. They might know the stats. But they weren't around to feel the electricity that that Tiger brought to tournaments. Like, I can't even explain to people what it was like when he was wearing red on a Sunday near the lead. Mm -hmm. All eyes were glued. Well, that, that That's the point I'm making. If, if he decided, you know what, whatever, I'm going to tee it up at Augusta, that's what would happen. Now, even. Right. Just, he could become relevant again to yep. golf, professional golf. But it, it's not going to happen. No. No. And that's cool. If he wants to be, you know, a figure that supports the PGA Tour and plays in his own tournament or, you know, tees up here and there as a sponsor exemption, that's cool. Like, more power to you, man. If your kids can see you play and if you can help out the PGA Tour, which he threw his his weight and his money behind 100%, mm -hmm. um, you know, in this battle with the, the Saudi Golf League and Live Golf and all that, if he wants to do that, that's awesome. You know what? Because you earned that right. But I fear that Tiger is going to become a caricature of himself. And, I, and I'm worried for that because his greatness was such that it was unparalleled, in my mind, in the history of the game. In, in the history of almost anything. I mean, who correct name living people who have achieved that level of stardom and greatness? Michael Jordan, Mike Tyson. I don't even put Mike Tyson there. Oh, Scott, Mike Tyson. I, and and yeah, he did, but I not as not as sustained as the the no, other two you just mentioned. Correct, Mike Mike Tyson was an M eighty firework, yeah. and Tiger Woods and Michael uh, Jordan were the Macy's fireworks uh, on Fourth of July. I'm, and I, and take it outside the sports world. I mean, you you're talking like, and I'm t people who are living. So like, is he in like the same class as like? Paul McCartney. Because oh, oh. so, in my so in my mind there that is, is oh my yeah. god that is an amazing question. So here's the thing in my mind there is no one who has reached the level of fame and greatness like Paul McCartney. No, there's no one currently living who has achieved levels anywhere near him. I I, I you but I will not get an argument from me out of that. I am on board. But Michael Jordan, Tiger, um, like they're they're close seconds, you know, like yes, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, I completely agree. You know who who else would you put in that class? I mean, I I wouldn't put anyone else in McCartney's class, but who else is like that next tier down? Um, Tom Brady, D yeah, Brady. De Niro, like sure that that's the level that we're talking about there. Yeah, you're talking you're talking Jack Nicholson's. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you're talking Ken Griffey Jr. I, I wouldn't put Griffey up there. I think Griffey's a, a class below. Yeah, yeah, you might be right. I would, you know, I I would say Mike Trout. He's definitely that level, but in terms of worldwide popularity, no. 
Nah, I mean, you'd have to look at some soccer guys too that I, I'm not yeah, you familiar could, you could enough say, with the you game. You could say Neymar, Neymar, Ronaldo, yeah. Yep. yeah, Messi, of course. Yeah, yeah. like that's the, the we're talking about Pele. like that level of yeah, worldwide, of international worldwide celebrity slat coupled with absolute greatness at what you do. Yeah. And there, there's not a lot of people who have reached that level. And that's yeah, and, wh- that's why he's still, even though he's not relevant to the professional game, he's still relevant to golf as a whole. Yeah, and you know what's crazy, Scott? Like, all those people that you mentioned all have done it in, in realms or theaters that are universally applauded. Music, movies, mm-hmm. basketball, right? Yep. This man did it in golf. I, he may, I mean, he may, he put golf on the map. 100%. On the worldwide map, for sure. Not on our map. It was already there. Mm-hmm. But in terms of people that had a fleeting interest, like, look, okay, so I teach high school, mm-hmm. right? If I ask any kid, any kid to name a golfer and that kid is not on the golf team he's not Mm -hmm. one of the 12 kids on the golf team he's one of the other 1388 Mm -hmm. kids in my school guess what 1388 kids are going to say uh tiger woods tiger woods that's it yeah that's it no nobody's saying dustin johnson no no nobody's saying (laughs) brooks kapka no one's saying bryson dechambeau everybody's saying tiger woods I'm going to say this, Scott, to to non-golfers, to normal average Americans, Tiger Woods is golf. Yep. And it, that that's how short and sweet it is. Tiger yep. Woods is golf. Exactly. So there you go. There you have it. Anything else, my man? Uh, not not really. I mean, unless you, you wanted to talk about the, the match. Congratulations, Brooks. Yeah, congrats. You, you, you did you did what you set out to do. Maybe you know what? Maybe maybe our next pod we'll talk about that. I know you had some things about the Hero World Challenge too. When's that start? That starts tomorrow. I just I just want to talk about the absurdity of it, but it's a made for TV event. Um, you know, maybe we'll save that for for but, Monday or so. Yeah, after, after what, it wraps what, up, whatever. That's, yeah. yeah, that's that. So predi- I'll, I'll throw a prediction out there. Justin Thomas is going to win it and give the trophy to Tiger because, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats. It's he's a gonna it, He's going to hand it back to him and say, this is for you. <laughs> Keep it in your house. I'll come over to visit it. Ah, he will. So. All right. That, well, very good, that. man. Put a, put a bow on episode 158. We'll get to those things in the next episode then. All right. Catch, catch you all soon. All right, people. Either get busy golfing or get busy dying. Take care, Thailand. At Eagles and Arrows, we supply timeless style and high-quality golf essentials. We strive to provide the personal attention that consumers deserve. We're taking extra steps to personally and thoughtfully design our goods to bring you the best products out there. In 2021, we are releasing a new head club cover every month. We're releasing several new hat designs, including the Tremendous Slouch, which is on our website right now. We're also doing custom designs on our gloves and all of our leather goods. At the end of the day, we're all about living life to its fullest and enjoying this amazing game that we love with great people. 
Love golf, live life, Eagles and Arrows. Check us out on Instagram at Eagles and Arrows CO and online at www.eaglesandarrows.com.